Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. Great to have your company. This week you and I are joined by Adrian Johnson from Una Brands who buy Amazon businesses owned by Australians and Kiwis. Now they've got a big pile of cash to spend in the next six to nine months and are looking to spend it on Amazon and e-commerce businesses right here in Australia and New Zealand. They have an office in Sydney and uh, so they've really got boots on the ground. So if you're thinking of exiting your Amazon business and taking some cash off the table, Adrian walks you through what kind of... What, what a company like his is looking for in terms of the size and the turnover and the simplicity of your Amazon business. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Now, Regina Petersburgsky from the Fantastic Women on Amazon podcast and I have been cooking up an advanced Amazon seller's retreat just outside Melbourne with some amazing speakers, some incredible topics and some wonderful sponsors for Australian and Kiwi sellers doing more than $10,000 a month in revenue selling on Amazon. Now, please note that this event is not for newbies and it's not for beginners. It's a lot more advanced than that, so the topics that we'll be covering will be much more high level. So please join my Facebook group over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook to learn more as we release more details about that event, which is shaping up to be around late July, possibly early August. Now, don't forget, I'm also still offering private coaching again this year, so please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book an hour session with me on just to learn more about my coaching services. And just to make sure that you're heading in the right direction and not you know, stumbling into a massive blunder. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Here's Adrian Johnson from Unibrand. And welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. And today I'm delighted to welcome to the show Adrian Johnston from Una Brands here in Australia. So, Adrian, to great to have you along for the ride today. Give us a bit of your background and uh, tell us what you've been up to over the years. Yeah, sure. So, I am on this podcast uh, as a representative from Una Brands. Uh, Una Brands launched into Australia uh, very recently. And my background is that uh, I spent uh, three years in banking in London, uh, and then I went into management consulting where I focused on e-commerce uh, and really saw a massive trend uh, in the e-commerce world uh, towards, towards platforms and towards consolidation. Um, and so there are several uh, now kind of e-commerce consolidators out there, but there are none that operate in Australia. And, uh, and so Unibrands is the first kind of consolidator that's launched in the region. And it's been a very exciting journey. Uh, the, the space has evolved so quickly that uh, we, we've, I feel like we're making history in some ways. It feels like it's a, 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 such a rapidly changing but exciting marketplace to, to be involved in. Uh, and yes, so just to give you a bit of our kind of history, so we've just raised a big kind of funding round in the region. And so we've raised $40 million and we're looking to spend that over the course of the next kind of six to 12 months or so. So we are, yeah, we're very active buyers um, of businesses and uh, kind of in the, in the process of, of, of setting up this company, uh, I've got to meet a whole bunch of really, really interesting sellers uh, and got to, got to experience firsthand some of the, the pitfalls and what, what you can do to help your business sell and uh, what, what you should try to avoid. Uh, so hopefully we can be, talk through some of those things on the podcast today. That's the plan. Absolutely, it is. So I think you would definitely be the first aggregator, consolidator, 
buyer of Amazon businesses company with boots on the ground here in Australia. You're based up in Sydney. That's right. Yeah, we have yeah. a we have a team in Sydney. So so we we our headquarters is in Singapore. We have offices all over the region, but we have yeah we have a, a large and growing team based in Sydney. We've just hired somebody in Melbourne actually as well. So uh, oh, that's now, exciting. Yeah, I have to meet that person. Um, yeah, and forty million bucks is a decent pile of cash to splash around on. Uh, buying Amazon, I'm assuming this is what this is all about. But you're buying, in fact, I know this is that you are buying Amazon businesses uh, that's right. from from Australians, effectively, most for the most part. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, so uh, people based in Australia, but can be selling anywhere in the world. Uh, so we, the, the majority of our acquisitions so far have been have been FBA businesses, but we we are also uh, purchasing uh, Shopify and uh, other e-commerce businesses. But yeah, the big focus at the moment is, is on uh, Amazon. Oh, I bet it is. Um, what about New Zealand? Are we, are we including New Zealand in our little region? We've... Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're currently talking to a seller in New Zealand. Uh, okay. we're, we're, short, we're shortly uh, uh, expecting that deal to close. Um, so good little business there. At some point, we're planning to, to, to set up a shop there as well, probably in, in four or five months' time. We expect to, to have boots on the ground in New Zealand. That's very exciting because we've got a lot of a lot of listeners from New Zealand for the show oh, too, brilliant. which is great. So yeah, hopefully we can uh, get get your name across across the pond, as they say. I think that's, that's the expression. Um, all right, well let's let's kick off then. So give us a sense of the state of the F- FBA acquisitions market, I guess in Australia, but also broadly. Um, what's a, what? How are things sort of looking at the moment? Yeah, I mean, so this is a market that has absolutely exploded over the over the past year um and the e-commerce acquisitions market more broadly but but specifically within the fba market there's been a huge amount of uh, of growth um and so uh kind of that's evidenced by a few things i don't know if you've seen the uh, the empire flippers report which came out recently uh which which showed a 66 percent increase in uh, in volume year on year mm. And an increase in multiples. So multiples uh, now up at trading around two point nine times the, the the revenue. And there's really a few different reasons for that. So <clears throat> obviously the the, the big uh, reason is COVID last year, mm. which was you know devastating for the planet. Um, but it created a big behavioural shift in the way that people uh, the, the way that people shop. And so mm. it, it forced people online, and it creates it's created this kind of massive surge in demand. So, so that's, that's the, the kind of biggest reason why there's been this explosion. But I think a second factor is a consolidation and a, under, a better understanding of this, of this kind of consolidated business model. So, you know, this business model was started about 18 months ago and, and has been very successful. And I think people were kind of waiting to see what the outcome of this, uh, this would be. And it's, been, it's now been uh, proven to be successful. And so on the back of that, you've had various different players entering the market to, with different spins and different angles. And we have our own, you know, we're, a, we're a, uh, unique in, in various different ways, which we can get into. But yeah, a lot of people wanting to enter that space. I, I think a third reason is, is the amount of what they call dry powder which is currently available in the investment space, mm. um, and for for a number of reasons, including kind of low interest rates and and uh, and various other historical factors, uh, there's just a, a, a wall of cash which is waiting to be deployed from the institutional investors, and they're and they're looking for you know where can they where can they put that capital and and that's led to a huge growth in in uh, in, in investments in in the in the space in e-commerce and in FBA specifically. 
Yeah, it makes sense because I mean, if you're you know raising forty million bucks and you and you're not guaranteeing, but offering a return of I don't know five percent, and you're buying an Amazon business for you know which is turning it has an annual profit of twenty percent, then there's a pretty good spread there, um, which enables you to get money cheap and uh, and invest it in really high yield assets. Yeah, so not without risk, but um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty sensible model, and it's it's pretty hard to see it fail, really, isn't it? So uh, very clever if you can get your hands on the money. That's it. I think there's I think there's two reasons why investors like the model. I think one is because of the multiple expansion, um, and so so basically small businesses trade for lower multiples than large businesses, um, and that the reason for that is because small businesses are higher risk. So mm-hmm. if you buy one one business on its own and if it goes bankrupt, then you're out of pocket. Whereas if you buy you know a company that manages twenty brands and one of them goes bankrupt, then you're kind of covered by the others. Mm. But uh, but yeah, so as so the, the kind of average selling price for 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 small FBA businesses, as we mentioned, was around two point nine times the 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 profitability. But if you do if you buy a bunch of those and merge them together, and if you do nothing else with the business, then you, you then the business becomes worth more just because it's lower risk because it Correct. because it trades at a higher multiple. But then mm. on top of that, when you throw in the, the the growth angle and the the streamlining of operations and the the scale benefits that you get with with merging these companies together, then you've got a, a really magical winning formula, and that's that's what the FBA uh, roll up essentially is. Yeah, it's a it's the synergy of having multiple accounts and being able to share a container, you know, with product rather than all that's that it. stuff. There's just so much um, benefit to yeah to owning multiple Amazon businesses and um and running them. But uh, so you mentioned that the typical multiple for an FBA business is about twenty twenty nine times uh, monthly net profit over the last what is it usually about twelve? Oh yeah, 12, no, 12 so I, I, we typically quote it on the the TTM, the trailing twelve okay. months. And on yeah. the TTM, it's it's two point nine times, yeah. Uh, yeah, which I think I think works out around thirty thirty something. Uh, something, yeah. Because so, yeah, certainly, I, I read the report from Empire Flippers a couple of. Well, I think it was in twenty nineteen. Their state of the market report, or whatever they called. I forgot what the, what the name of the report is, but it's pretty comprehensive. Um, but at that time, that the deals were around about twenty three or two point three. So yeah, it's uh, wow. it's definitely it's really has moved up. Um, up into the much higher it's, echelons. It's definitely yeah. a seller's market. <laughs> put, put it that way. There's there's sure a, lot, is. a lot of people looking to uh, yeah uh, a lot of reasons to 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 cash out. And the high multiples is uh, it's unclear how long those are going to last. Um, I, I don't see those multiples decreasing um, over the next uh, little while. Mm. But you probably will see a stabilization just because you know we're coming off the back of the best year that e-commerce has ever had. And uh, it's unclear as we come out of lockdown and come out of COVID as to as to what the long term effects of that behavioural shift will be. Uh, as I said, I don't think the multiples will come down, but you but you are likely to see a, a stabilisation. Um, yeah, well, it's a little, it could well be a little bit like supply and demand. As, as people see the valuations go up, they all decide to sell, and then we've got a glut of you know and That's buyers it. Yeah. are spoiled for choice. It's yeah, it's the usual law of economics. Let's just get into the nuts and bolts around just sort of how you know you guys value an Amazon business to buy. So obviously there's the business, yeah, and then of course there's the inventory as well. So how do you guys manage or value, say, just the inventory? Sure. So there's the, the way we typically look at the inventory, um, and the analogy that's used is is kind of like buying a torch in the sense that if you if you bought a torch, you would want it to come with the batteries. 
But if it comes with 50 additional batteries, then you'd probably be willing to pay for those batteries separately. And so the same is true of, of an Amazon business. So uh, th- there's mm. a, a certain amount of inventory that's required to run the business. And there's various metrics and ways of calculating what that number is. So, so that's typically fixed. And then any inventory that, uh, that's on hand in excess of that number uh, gets valued at a particular strike date. Uh, and then gets paid on top of the uh, the inventory that um, that exists mm. in the business. Okay. But it, but in terms of the, the valuation methodology, would it be helpful if I just kind of flick through uh, yeah. how that process works? Yes, please. Yeah, sure. So so there's two component there's two uh, components to the uh, valuation. There's the the calculation of the profit, and then there's the multiple that's applied to the profit. So uh, to give you an example, if uh, if a company was doing a uh, million dollars in uh, turnover and mm-hmm. 200k uh, in annual profit. Then, if if you were to apply the kind of 2.9 multiple, then uh, the business would be worth you know around the 550, 560 uh, mm-hmm. uh, mark. And so, the way that those two numbers are calculated, the the, the profit is ca- the metric we use is SDE, which stands for the seller's mm-hmm. discretionary earning, and that's basically equal to the, the gross uh, profit, so it's the, uh, the the net income that you receive from Amazon after uh, advertising and FBA fees and, and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. uh, minus the COGS, minus any advertising that you spend elsewhere. And we call that the, the seller's discretionary earning. Uh, sometimes people will include other costs in there. If there's, you know, if you're paying for a website, there's an ongoing cost, then, then the website would get included in there. But uh, that's that's the base calculation. And then the multiple that's applied to that base uh, is derived from a whole bunch of different factors. But typically, uh, it's we look at the category that the product is selling in, whether whether the category mm. is fast growing or, or or what the history of the category has been. We look at the the simplicity versus complexity of the business. So so we prefer uh, more simple businesses. And actually, this is a place where people get get surprised and and can cause a bit of confusion because you know people will think ah oh, i want to sell my business so i need to launch into all of these different markets and you know expand onto these different channels and have all these different products uh but but actually the way we look at it is the fewer products the better so you know we would much rather buy a business doing a million dollar revenue that has six products than a business doing a million dollar revenue that has a hundred products mm. um and uh that's one thing to to bear in mind when uh when when thinking about preparing your business for for sale is is trying to to optimize the simplicity of the business likewise with with marketplaces by the way uh you know if we're buying a business that only operates in the us in some sense that's good for us because it means there's huge potential and huge opportunity for for growth of that business uh, and that's where we can you know really bring to bring to bear a, you know the capital that we can invest in the business mm. to to push the push the business uh further so are there any other ways though that a, a potential seller could prepare their business for sale like what are what are the sort of top tips i mean you don't want to be buying businesses that are perfectly optimized because that take all the fun out of it but um but you know if you're sort of whispering in in a seller's ear thinking of selling what would you tell them to do yeah i mean there's a there's a few things on that 
one one is just making sure everything is is clean and and easy to easy for a company like us to 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 value and to get an assessment of the business and there's various things that can be done there around i mean obviously it's important to have you know a separate business bank account and make sure that bank account is for one business only the number of businesses I've we've been valuing where you know you, you're having to pull apart okay was this you know line item if, uh, spent on this business or this business and you know how does that how does that affect the profitability therefore mm-hmm. so so definitely keeping everything segregated uh, both from your own personal uh, finances but also from other businesses that you might have in your portfolio is is crucial i think uh, secondly as i say simplicity is better when it comes to uh, when it comes to expansion so d- don't rush into new markets, new products, new platforms uh, just for the sake of it, mm. uh, because uh, yeah, as I say, uh, it's it's better for us. And then I think there's a whole bunch of like like integration tools, like you know, valuing a business without um, A two X, for example, it, it is just a pain. It's just painful for everybody. And um, so, so so you know, just making sh- and it's it's relatively cheap to to get most of these things. So. Uh, I, yeah, I would give the recommendation to to get yourself signed up to all of these kind of cleaning up, cleansing uh, equipment before you uh, go out to sell a to, yeah. to a buyer to sell your business. Yeah. That's right. So A two A2, X basically is a plugin that connects Amazon an Amazon seller's account with you know a, a software as a service accounting software, right? So like Zero and what else does A two X plug into? Everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah it's totally amazing, doesn't. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, like Myob and QuickBooks and all that stuff. Yeah, so um, yeah, that that that's definitely a must because then all of the transactional data that's happening within your Amazon seller account is actually then being uh, transferred across into you know into a, your accounting software, which makes it a lot easier for you guys. Yeah. So, what about the sort of the category trends? Um, maybe we should have a quick chat about that. So, what are, what are the categories that are more attractive from a valuation perspective for you? Is it home and kitchen, or is it outdoor and sporting stuff, or what? You know, what what's hot? Yeah. What's hot? So, so that's a great question. So there is. So we focus on certain categories. Uh, the ones you mentioned are typically good for us. Uh, so safe categories. So yeah, uh, kitchen, pets. Uh, outdoor sports uh, home and living um, and they're they're great products because they, they they don't come with any with like huge kind of regulatory risk they don't come with massive amounts of r&d requirements and typically they they are uh, they don't come with massive seasonal swings uh, mm. you know some of the home and living stuff is is particularly relevant around christmas but you know if you're buying them a mop or you know whatever then it's <laughs> going to be uh, it's going to be needed th- throughout the whole year there are a few categories that we definitely stay away from. So mm-hmm. we definitely stay away from supplements, uh, just because it's a bit of a wild west. Um, the, the the regulations around it are very onerous, and uh, it's very marketing driven. Um, mm. And the, a lot of these businesses uh, balance on a fine margin, very fine margin in yeah. terms of the amount they're spending. You know, I was talking to a business that, that spends ten thousand dollars a day on. Uh, Facebook ads to selling it like a like a I won't mention the company. Yeah, I won't mention it, but it's a, uh, yeah. a supplement. We have some description. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's also 
It's also very black hat too in the, you know, there's very a lot, of, it, lot yeah. of other sellers that attack other sellers with, you know, yeah. fake, fake, I don't know, this product made me sick and, you know. Well, so no, gets- the, the, the good one they're doing now is instead of uh, attacking others with negative re- reviews, they're, they're attacking others with positive reviews. That's right. And then, <laughs> and then they get the, the, the competition taken down for, for suspected like black hat getting their friends involved. So That's yeah, right. it's, got, it's gone meta. It's gone, it's gone one level further. So so that's one that we stay away from. We also stay away from apparel just because uh, mm. the, uh, the trends in fashion are uh, quite volatile and, and can be quite difficult to follow and predict and are less stable. And then we also steer clear of electronics in general, although we mm. are buying an ele- electronic company actually, but it's, you it's, are, it's relatively <laughs> simple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris has been involved in that one, but uh, it's a mm. relatively simple electronics business. The reason we stay away from kind of more complex electronics is just because of the R&D that's involved in those and the the hoops you have to jump through to get those markets to market, those products to market are much, mm. are much more onerous than, uh, than in other categories. Plus, they also break down a lot. I've dabbled in yes. electronics many, many times over the years. I just keep getting burnt. You'd think you'd yeah. learn after the first one, but uh, yeah, they're notoriously unreliable. They have very high return rates, and apparel as well, as you mentioned earlier too. Like the return rates on on apparel can often be, you know, yeah. twenty twenty five percent. They're just astronomical. You've got to have so much margin in your in your apparel and footwear to be able to make it work. And um, you know, because people people on Amazon can be a bit nasty. They can buy like a dress that they like off Amazon and wear it to the prom, and then they just send it back. You know, oh yeah, didn't, didn't fit or something, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's always tricky. And then dealing with all of that, but um, interesting. And then of course, I'm assuming restricted categories as well, right? So you know, I don't know, medical or PPE, and you know, there's, oh, there's yeah. a bunch of restricted categories which are, um, can can make life quite difficult as well. Yeah, absolutely. And also fads as well. So yeah. Yeah, certainly not going anywhere near face masks or well, face masks, not really a fad, but, you know, season, like things that don't have kind of long, aren't predicted to have long-term longevity, uh, we yeah. stay away from. Yeah, those rapid spikes. Remember the fidget spinners? I don't know if you were around on Amazon when the fidget spinners took off and the hoverboards, yeah. that was a good one. There's been plenty yeah. of them. Yeah, more than I can count on two two hands and, and two feet. Um, now, my next question was actually just around the size of an Amazon business or an e-commerce business. Does that affect the multiple and the selling process for you? You mentioned you did sort of talk about this early on yeah. uh, briefly, but uh, it, yeah, bigger business better or smaller business better? Yeah, so we we typically buy businesses that have revenue of between about $400,000 and, and less than about $10 million. Uh, typically with this type of stuff, as, as I was saying, the bigger the uh, revenue, the higher uh, the multiple that you'll get for it. I, I think that's true to an extent. I think once you get to about a million dollars, then the multiples uh, will typically stabilize all the way up to all the way up to kind of yeah. eight or nine million dollars, I'd say. Uh, and then once you get past eight and nine, then they then they would increase dramatically after that. So you talked about revenue there. Is that is because I mean, you could turn over ten million bucks and make ten thousand dollars a year profit. Um, yeah, the yeah, profit's got the, it. The, the seller discretionary earning, yeah, has to come into this in some way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so so the the business is valued off the SDE. So yeah, mm. in the sense of revenue, is a can be a proxy for profitability. You know, Amazon FBA businesses typically will have margins within a within a certain bound. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unlike you know, unlike some other uh, types of e businesses. Yeah, spot on. 
In terms of the actual types of Amazon business, there's lots of different ways to sell on Amazon. You can wholesale, you can do retail arbitrage, you can do online arbitrage, you can do all sorts of different things. Um, are you strictly private label in terms of the types of businesses yeah, that you're buying? We're strictly private label. Um, and the, the, the reason for that is is around kind of the, the – the, we, we don't like to compete for the buy box. And if – if you're your own private label, then you you basically control the buy box, and that that means that you um, you can get you can get yourself up the rankings uh, without having to compete with other sellers. So, which is uh, yeah, so that's really the, the only reason. That. Okay, now that all makes sense. And then during the due diligence process of buying an Amazon business, like what are the what are the sort of things that you look at there in terms of vetting an account and making sure that it's there's no black hat or you know what are you what are you actually looking at? Yeah, so so the, the way our process works is that we will do uh, a one-week uh, sprint due diligence where we'll get a, a high-level overview of the business. After, at the end of the one week, we'll put an offer to the seller um, and sign like a letter of intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we would then do a three-week deep dive due diligence where, where we'd go into the, all of the details of the business and then we would, there'd be kind of cash in the bank at the end of that three-week process. And in terms of what that what that looks like, so there, yeah, there's a, a lot of there's a lot of steps in that process. It's it's a very streamlined uh, process that we that we go through, um, but there are uh, quite a lot of steps. So we will, I mean, the first thing we'll do is just buy the product and uh, have a play around with it, see if it, see that it works, and and get a feel for it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the the black hat, I mean, I won't go into all of the details of how we examine that, but certainly we'll be looking through all of the uh reviews and and getting a sense uh, mm. uh by looking in the amazon seller central account of, of the history of the health of the account and and all the interactions that the seller has had with amazon to make sure that they that uh this isn't a company that has a history of, of black hats of being caught for black hat mm. and, and using yeah. black hat techniques performance um, notifications customer you know negative customer experiences all that stuff yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. right but then, but then there's a whole bunch of other things. You know, we'd 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 ask to speak to all of the suppliers of the product. Um, we we'll look through, you know, all of the bank statements and uh, and just really dig into the fundamentals of the business. Yeah, that makes sense. What about the age of the business? Can someone sell you an account or their business that's been up on Amazon for six months, or you, yeah, or is it better if it's been there for decades? Or you know, what's... it is better if it's been there for more than two years. Um, right. I would say six months is probably the minimum, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yes, six to nine months is probably the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anything above that is is definitely fair game. What about yeah. um, things like deal structures? So when you actually put an offer on the table, there's lots of ways that you can structure a deal. You can have some cash up front and then earn out and inventory paid after 90 days and all that stuff. How do you structure your deals typically or does it vary? It does vary. But as you say, the, the typical structure is that you would have um, the up the upfront payment uh which typically has uh, a, a com- component of it which is reserved for one year uh to make and if the revenue is the same or greater than it was the 12 training 12 month revenue is the same or greater after one year then that that reserved portion gets paid out mm-hmm. uh, you then have a profit share which is typically a, a percentage of any increased profitability for a defined period of time uh, mm-hmm. after the closing of the deal mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then there can be various other terms that go along with the deal uh, which can be around the inventory as I mentioned if there's excess inventory 
over and above what's needed to run the business, then then that would be added on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there would we you, we can also uh, do various arrangements around a consulting fee for the seller to stay on. And typically, mm-hmm. we 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 really encourage the seller to to take advantage of the consulting fee. Uh, you know, the value that, that we bring is that we are able to deploy you know a large amount of investment and capital into the business mm-hmm. in terms of inventory, but also uh, you know other other costs for the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also are great at things like inventory management and um, uh, supply chain and. PPC and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. uh, but where the sellers really have and have knowledge is really around the detailed understanding of the product and the what, and the customers uh, what the customers want in that product, mm. and it's it, it's it, it, it would be crazy of us to to lose that that mm. expertise when the seller leaves. So so yeah. as I say, yeah, the, the, the seller stays on in a kind of product development and capacity. So you mentioned though an interesting point that you made earlier, which is around the reserve. So the reserve doesn't get paid if the uh, you know if the revenue property. drops. I yeah. think I think you mentioned. That's it. That's it, yeah. So do they get anything, or is that it after twelve months or whatever the the, the time is after the deal is um, closed? So, so the the profit share is unaffected. So mm-hmm. if if the company then goes on to increase in profitability, or uh, th- then they would still benefit from the profit share, okay. but uh, that you. Yeah, so the seller would receive a lump sum payment up front. That's right. Um, and then a much smaller residual st- stability yeah. payment. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then because there's a, there's a bit of risk though for the seller, right? Because if you're not running the account properly or they, they're not staying on to help you and the account kind of tanks yeah, a little exactly. bit, then I mean, they could miss out on. Yeah, that's right. And, and there's a bit of risk on both sides in the sense that when you buy mm. a business, obviously you do your due diligence and you try to understand the business, but uh, you know, there's you, you can't ever know, uh, you know, be be assured 100% that what you're buying is what you've been told it is, as it were. So uh, the, the stability payment just kind of makes sure that everybody's incentives are aligned uh, to making sure that the the handover happens effectively and the, yeah. the transition period is is uh, well run and uh, the business goes on to be successful. Okay, so we've done the deal. You've forked out some cash. Now we're going to migrate this business across to your world. Um, what's that process look like for you guys? Yeah, so the the, the process of migration uh, again, there's different scenarios require different um, mm. migrations, but uh, it's it typically is a process that takes about a week. Uh, it's quite a technical process uh, with a lot of different steps involved. But mm. uh, so the the risk factor here is that Amazon can be quite trigger happy in uh in closing down seller central accounts and so uh you know we've developed a process that's that's you know mm. tried and tested and pretty robust in in making sure that uh that we are able to transfer that securely safely yeah and securely excellent that's important and then how do you plan to grow these businesses is there a different strategy for each business or is there a sort of a template or a process that you follow for each yeah, so so each business would be assigned a, a brand manager, um, mm-hmm. and that brand manager has access to uh, resources uh, which are more specialist in nature. So we have you know people who just focus on uh, PPC, and then other people who just focus on inventory. The brand manager is there to draw those resources into the business as required. So the the way we typically look at it, the first three months. Uh, is all about stabilization of the business because when you transfer there's always there's always things that can go wrong and so and and there's uh, yeah mm. the first three months uh, we, we 
we try to embed ourselves in the business, understand exactly all of the processes um, and make sure that you know this, the handover has been smooth. Mm-hmm. After the first three months, then there are various different levers that we pull on the business to increase the profitability. So on the cost side of things, uh, we integrate you know all of the operational side of things into the business from you know finance and mm. legal and HR and, and banking and uh, all of those types of things, mm. uh, but also procurement and supply chain, which obviously for a lot of sellers is a massive pain. Um, mm. So that's kind of on the cost side of things. Uh, on the revenue side of things, there, there's three big levers that we pull. So one is channel expansion. So, uh, you know, businesses that are selling to Amazon US, you know, the obvious channels to go from there are to eBay. Uh, sorry, not to eBay. It's to, to, um, to uh, Walmart. Walmart, yeah. Yeah, Walmart and uh, Target, uh, although Target's a little bit harder. But, uh, you know, in the US, those are typical. You know, in the region here, you're talking about eBay, Catch, Kogan, etc. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned, our headquarters are in Singapore, so we have also have deep expertise in Lazada, and Shopee, and uh, also expertise in Shopify. Uh, so, so that's that's one lever. The second lever is geographical expansion. So mm. again, businesses that might be selling to the US, uh, the obvious places to go first would be kind of uh, Canada, Australia, mm. the UK, uh, and then after that. APAC and, and, and other places. Sure. Um, and then the third lever is uh, just around kind of best practices across the network. So, you know, as, as you will know, it's very mm. difficult to keep on top of the Amazon, the ever-changing Amazon uh, algorithm, uh, as it were. Mm. Uh, whereas when you're managing, you know, 20 or 30 brands, then you can spot the changes much quicker and you're able to implement those changes uh, across the whole portfolio so you don't kind of lose time and lose traction there. Yeah, and potentially lose products as well because exactly. things, you know, there's all sorts of weird and wonderful things that Amazon's algorithms sweep across, like, you know, I don't know, pesticides, for example, was one a year or two back, wiped yeah. out millions of products. They were just, oh, just because yeah. you use the word antibacterial or, I don't know, algae or something in your listing, you're pretty much, that's it. So, yeah, that's a, it's a real risk. Um Trademarks as well. There was actually a follow-up question here um, that I just wrote down just around uh, uh, businesses with trademarks and brand registered on Amazon more attractive or less attractive to you? Oh, much more attractive, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. always good to have that. I quite like the brand registry support compared to Seller Central support. They're a lot more knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I've actually, I think that's all of the questions that I have. I don't have any other questions for you. So, geez, I hope I've covered everything. Great. <laughs> what do you think? Is there anything I've missed? <laughs> Uh, no, I think that's a good a good whistle stop run through of uh, the the Amazon of the acquiring market for FBA businesses in Australia and elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good to have a a company like yours on the ground here in the country, uh, and it's just showing that Australia is starting to really mature. Certainly, a lot of the sellers here are doing big business. Um, you know, they have great businesses to sell. And uh, yeah, I guess if you're looking for uh, an exit on your Amazon business or your e-commerce business, at least, um, let's yeah hop, hop in touch with Adrian and see if he can help out. So speaking of getting in touch with you, Adrian, how do how do people do that? Yes, well, you're you're welcome to email me directly. Uh, my email is adrian at una-brands.com. Uh, if not, then come and meet me at uh, one of the various events that we're at. We recently sponsored the uh, the, the Amazon and eBay. Uh, sellers drinks at retail global in the gold coast which was a really fantastic uh, chance to meet meet those people 
um, and there are lots of events coming up. So, uh, so yeah, you can also go to our website, which is una-brands.com and uh, lots of information on there about how to get in touch. That's yeah. true. And that's where we met on the Gold Coast because I was at that networking drinky thing that you sponsored and I'm very grateful to you for the glass or two of red that I might have had that evening. Um, and right. Una, Una as well for those that are um, – sorry, what is that? It's una-brands.com. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and giving us the whistle-stop tour on how what you guys are looking for and how to best uh, set your business up for a, a fantastic exit. Um, and hopefully to someone like you guys. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. It's been wonderful to be here. Good on you. Thanks for coming on again and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.